0: Hello and welcome. This is the Weekly World Podcast. My name is Warren. And today on the show discussing a topic that we all love to hate, Seattle traffic. Also Seattle sports discussing the Seahawks, Russell Wilson, the Mariners, and also NHL as well. So buckle your seatbelt because here we go. All right. Starting off today, talking about traffic in Seattle. Now, I, I know this is a topic that we could probably go around in a circle with for hours and hours because there really is no sensible way to fix it. Um, you know, if you're getting in your car in the Seattle area, it's going to take a long, long time to get to where you're going. It's kind of a given thing right now because there's so many cars on the roadway and especially right on I-5 heading through downtown Seattle. Because, Uh, For some reason, they decided to put I-5 right underneath the uh, convention center, which might have not been the best design in the world because you really can't widen it that well, but They're finally getting around to making an attempt at trying to widen that roadway, and I'll tell you how they're going to do it. So um, the Washington State Department of Transportation, also known as WashDOT, is finally widening that roadway by uh, making a very significant change. So what they're going to do is they're going to take the Seneca Street off-ramp and basically make that a lane all the way up to the University Street on-ramp. So it's going to be a lane. It's not going to end right there at Seneca Street, I suppose. And that supposedly is going to help traffic flow uh, through that part of I-5. Now, if you are not familiar with this part of I-5, getting into Seattle northbound in the morning on a weekday is an absolute nightmare. If you're in your car, you're going to be sitting there for at least an hour. Um, The backup probably goes about five miles at least. And it's just not a fun place to be sitting in your car. And partly because um, there's a lot of these exit only lanes. And there's really only a couple lanes that actually cut through. Um, that main artery of downtown right there under the convention center. So they're trying to find a way to make that happen. Um, this sounds like it's at least a promising idea. I'm not sure how well it's going to work in practice or how they're going to do the construction. Um, they, I would assume they're going to be doing this at night when there's not as much cars on the road, but uh, we'll see how they actually plan to do this. Now, they say it's going to be done around fall of 2022. Again, that's an estimate. And they will also be installing some other things that some people probably will not like very much. Ramp meters. Yes, they're coming on to uh, I-5 and I-90 to basically restrict how many cars can enter those roadways at any given time. Now, I don't know how much good these things do. Uh, they must do something because they install them at pretty much every single on-ramp. And of course, you know what they do. They have the little uh, stop lights. So you have to stop, wait for the light to turn green before you start driving and enter the freeway. I guess it's just meant to prevent too many cars from entering at once. But it's still kind of an annoying process to have when you have to make that stop and wait in traffic at that spot too. Now, apparently this is going to be um, on I-5 to control the flow and also on westbound I-90. Which, as you know, is definitely not a lightly traveled road as well, with all those cars coming from Bellevue in the morning. Now, I'm not entirely sure how well this is going to work out. That remains to be seen, of course, but at least it's something different. Now, we'll give them that. Now, there is going to be one final piece of this project as well. They're going to be installing an exit-only lane to Olive Way, which is just to the north of the convention center. i um, not entirely sure how that's going to look by the time it's done. Hopefully, it'll be more of an improvement as well on the right side of the road because a lot of people get off there and try to get to uh, Capitol Hill and to downtown as well. So we'll see how that shapes out. I do have to say, though, on a personal note, when it comes to the stretch of I-5, as the driver's point of view, uh, whether or not you're in the heavy, heavy traffic, stop and go, or just driving at 60 miles per hour, um, that is one of the scariest pieces of roadway to be on. I mean, I've been probably hit there. I mean, I've almost been hit there probably five times at least. People just not looking where they're going, swerving all over the road. It just is a spot where people drive absolutely insane because the road just doesn't make any real sense. I mean, you got exits on the left side of the road, You got other exits on the right side. It's just really, really hard to figure out where you're going. I hope what they're doing in this case is going to help make this a little bit more user-friendly because I think that would be a big, big uh, welcome change for a lot of people trying to navigate their way through the city, especially people who are renting cars down at SeaTac trying to make their way up to Seattle and not really sure where to go because you think you're trying to get off. You're going to be on the right side of the road, but no, you want to be on the left side, which is kind of counterproductive and counterintuitive, but uh, hopefully this will make a little bit more sense. When we actually see the uh, fruition of this goal by Washdot, we will keep you updated for sure. And uh, speaking of traffic, guys, speak about the Seattle Department of Transportation as well. They're going to be doubling their capacity on the uh, West Seattle Lower Spokane Street Bridge. Now, if you don't know, there is a major bridge that connects to West Seattle and the main part of Seattle, and that's the West Seattle Bridge. And it's been shut down for kind of a long time now. It seems like probably over a year. And that is just a major blow to traffic in the area because that's a bridge that a lot of people count on. And to get around that, you pretty much have to go south a couple miles, get on I-5. It's definitely not a very user-friendly experience. But uh, they're going to be opening up this lower um, Spokane Street Bridge, which is only uh, used for very, very limited cases right now, mainly public transit and emergencies. But it's going to be open to on-call medical staff, people attending life-saving medical treatment like chemotherapy or radiation appointments, and owners and managers of retail businesses and restaurants. And those people who qualify can have their license plate added to a list of approved vehicles so they can drive over that bridge because they do have cameras up right now trying to ticket people who are not supposed to be there. Now, much like I-5 through Seattle, we will see how that all shapes out. So shifting gears to sports and discussing the Seattle Seahawks today. So a report came out by CBS Sports. Um, Ex-Seattle sports color analyst uh, Warren Moon came out and predicted a divorce between the Seattle Seahawks and Russell Wilson. And I really don't think any of this is really that astonishing or shocking to anyone in our audience. Um, I'd say this has kind of been coming down the pike for some time. Um, I think we all know that Russell Wilson is not very happy in Seattle right now, and uh, it's just not that shocking that you think about him leaving the team potentially in the next couple of years, and I I don't think that he's going to leave right away, I think he's probably got at least one more year playing in Seattle, because um, as you know, it's kind of hard to leave right now, given the situation the way it is, but um, I definitely think his satisfaction in Seattle is just really not there right now, and I think he's got his mind set on going somewhere a bit different. Whether that's Chicago, um, New Orleans, which really doesn't seem that realistic, but he really does seem to have his eyes set on another city, another team. Now, it does make you wonder about what he might be leaving on the table, because when you think about the Seattle Seahawks, I know it's not all roses and lollipops, but we do have some pretty good pieces in the puzzle. So we got DK Metcalf, easily one of the best players out there right now and getting better all the time. And you're not going to have that kind of talent in Chicago right away if that's where he chooses to go. Now, maybe they'll have to build a team around him and bring in some good players, but it's not going to be an instantaneous thing. It's going to take some time. And if he wants to go the route of having that team built around him, that's going to take a lot of effort on the Bears' part, obviously, and it's going to take a lot of effort on his part to work with the team and get them to where they need to be. Now, maybe he does want to have that legacy of building a team around him and have that, uh, that culture of the team just change on his account, be it all down to him coming to the team. But, but I do think it's going to be a little bit easier said than done when it comes to actually moving to a different team and having that instant success right away. And shifting this back to the Seattle Seahawks, I know it's not easy to fill a spot for a quarterback. That is something that's just a given in a sport like NFL football. But, you know, at least you have the opportunity to explore what options are out there and to part ways with a player who might not be contributing everything they can to your team. Now, I think that Russell Wilson contributes no matter what. I think he leaves his issues that he might have with the team back at his house, back in the office. And when he's on the field with his teammates, I think he gives it 110 percent. But um, you know, the the long, the long longevity of this does not seem to be playing out in their favor, so we will see what happens. All right, so I want to shift gears now and discuss the Seattle Mariners. So James Paxton, also known as Big Maple, uh, was brought back on the team this year to fulfill a pitching role, which has been kind of spotty over the past couple of years or so. If you haven't paid attention and he's had some pretty good success with the Mariners in years past, but uh, this year not off to such a great start. So he has reportedly received a recommendation to undergo Tommy John surgery. Now, if you don't know what this is, it's a prevalent procedure done for pitchers who have a uh, ulnar collateral ligament in their pitching elbows. And I'm really not sure what that means because I'm not a doctor. And I don't know medicine that well, but apparently it's something that's pretty serious because it's going to take over a year for a pitcher to overcome that kind of surgery. Now, so far, this is one opinion, one recommendation, but it doesn't sound too promising. And as you know, the season for the Mariners is really young right now. It's not going terribly to start off, but, you know, losing someone like James Paxton right off the bat, definitely not a great way to start off the season. And if you didn't know, Paxton has had struggles to stay healthy throughout his tenure on the Seattle Mariners. Now, this has been pretty much every year in the MLB for him, but especially on the Mariners, he did have some issues uh, remaining healthy throughout the season, which is a long and grueling season for sure. But uh, he's going to be on the injured list for a while, it sounds like, and he's going to get that second opinion. We'll keep you updated on what happens with that. Uh, The Mariners did lose today, 10-2 to the Twins. And the pitching definitely could use a little bit of help right there. So we would love to see him back in the Mariners uniform as soon as possible. We will see what happens. And closing off the show today, we got to talk about the NHL because there's discussion, just talks right now, that the playoffs might be held in another bubble format, which I know is not very popular for the fans. Now, it worked out pretty well last year. We did get to see the playoffs in 2020, but... I think going forward for 2021, I don't think it's going to be a super popular idea. But it might be the necessary way to go about this because I just don't think it's going to be safe for teams to be moving around and, you know, seeing other teams that they haven't seen yet and distributing more germs in different locker rooms. So as you know, the the, the NHL is divided right now. So each division is only playing each other. So to keep the teams a little bit more safe, only see the same teams over and over again. So they're not distributing too many germs from locker room to locker room. But still, we are seeing a lot of these COVID-19 cases come up. Now, one team that's really struggling with this is the Vancouver Canucks, my personal favorite team, Uh, because they've got so many players out right now with COVID-19. Now, in a lot of teams, this has been somewhat of an issue. Um, There's players who are out, you know, being monitored, having testing done to be sure they don't have it. Uh, Just being overly cautious about making sure that that uh, COVID-19 is not distributed to other teams. But when it comes to the Canucks, half the team is basically out right now with COVID-19. So their season is suspended. It's all, you know, right now no one's doing anything. They can't play because they, they can't spread that around to other cities. And it's hard to say what's going to happen. Uh, it seems unlikely at this point that they're actually going to hit the ice again. Um, I guess anything's possible. I hope that they do but it seems like it's going to be kind of a wash towards the end of the season because we've only got a couple of games left and they might not wait around for one team to actually finish their schedule. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh, Definitely not the ideal way to finish a season. And this is something you never want to see for any team anywhere, of course, but it just seems like 2020, 2021, this is kind of par for the course. A lot of teams unable to finish up the season. I hope that's not the case for NHL hockey, but we will see what happens. Anyway, I want to thank you for being a part of the show today, as always, and we will see you in the next one. Have a good one.